Hey, great morning. This is Wesley, Billion Dollar Virgin. Welcome to another Sunday mindset message here. And it's another gorgeous day here in Houston, Texas here. And as many of you are aware, every Sunday I go live and I give the Sunday mindset message for the week because I want you or I want you to be overly prepared for the week. And to do that, you must create the week. Cal, how's everybody doing here? Go ahead and chime in, chime in here. Go ahead and comment your names below here. And as you're coming in, I want you to do something for me. Okay, as you're coming in, I would like you to do something for me. I want you to write the words, it's possible and it's necessary. Okay? It's possible and it's necessary. Go ahead and comment those words below, please. It's possible and it's necessary. You may be thinking, what do I mean by it's possible? Let me share a story with you. I mean, many of you know I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm living in Houston, Texas. I'm a black African-American male parents of pastors of a church, I have one brother, I have three children, and I'm living my dream. And But, however, uh, it wasn't always like this. My life wasn't the pure bliss that it is today. And one of the big struggles that I had to battle with was believing that the life that I have here today as a wealthy man is the possibilities, okay? And I think some of you struggle with that as well. How many of you, you just struggle? You know, I, I get it. A lot of you are working, you have businesses, you have entrepreneurship endeavors, and I mean, you're really working hard. I don't truly believe everybody's lazy on the planet and doing nothing. I truly believe you have many women out there that are really working towards something great, something greater than themselves. However, there are times when we tend to doubt if it really is going to happen for you. Raise your hand if you understand what I'm saying here. You know, sometimes it's hard to just to believe that, you know, is this really a possibility for me? You know, I remember in my later 20s, um, just to tell you my story a little bit, I many of you know, but I want to go deeper here on this Sunday morning here. You know, at the age of 21 is when I made a decision that I wanted to make more money or I wanted to run a business. Now, listen, at this time, I had no clue. I mean, I was born and raised on in the south side of Houston, Texas, which if you've ever been to Houston, Texas, you've ever been to the south side, it's the area of poverty, right? And, you know, sometimes growing up, you don't even realize that you're in poverty until you get out of it. Does that make sense? Can I get an amen? Like, you don't even know how bad it is until you see that the grass is definitely greening on the other side. And, um, you know... I had good parents and, but everything growing up was very average. 
It's very normal as it compared to my life here today. And at the age of 21, you know, I made a decision that I wanted to be rich only because, listen, only the only reason, not because of the pleasure, not because of the cars, not because of the travel, not because of all the exquisite things that becoming rich has to offer. The only reason why I wanted to be rich at the age of 21, because I got fired, got terminated from a job that I worked my ass off at. How many of you have ever like really put in your all in corporate? You know, I really did. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's one thing having a job. It's another thing having a job that you enjoy. And I actually enjoyed it. Many people don't get the opportunity to have a job that they enjoy. Most people just lie to themselves and say that they do, but they don't. But I really did love what I was doing, which was um, I was a computer technician. And I'll never forget the day that I was fired and terminated. And let me tell you something, that changed my life. Okay? Um, it changed my entire life. Because I was looking at life through the lenses of, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder, I'm going to get a degree, I'm going to work my ass off, I'm going to work 10, 15 hours a day. And I loved it. You know, one day I'm going to be the CIO of a company. I'm going to run the informational technology part of the company. And that was my intention. And when I was fired, everything changed for me. And at that moment, I wanted to be rich. Does everybody remember the moment when they made a decision that, you know what, enough is enough. I can no longer do this job anymore. How many of you got a job right now that, you know, it's just killing you from the inside out? How many right now you're in a position that you're like, man, I need to get out of this. This is bullshit. You know, I just, it has to be more. So listen, at the age of 21, um, I wanted more, but I didn't know how to get more. Does that make sense? Like I wanted more, but I didn't know how to get it. Like I didn't know any, listen, first of all, I didn't know anyone that owned a business now, forget about people that are successful. Like, I didn't know one person that actually owned a company. So I'm out here blindly searching for ways to make money, to make millions of dollars. And I think that's how most of us start out. You know, we either experience some pain or we see somebody living a life that we want to live. And now we begin to begin to put the puzzles together, right? You're like, okay, all these different pieces, now I need to put this together for myself. And let me tell you something, throughout my 20s, it was very tough because I, I, I tried everything, honestly, I tried. Look, I tried everything except for what works, but I tried, you, listen, can anybody relate? I did everything, network marketing, I sold knives, you know, the Cutco companies. I was in Amway, okay? I did door-to-door -door sales for a moment. I used to sell Kirby vacuum cleaners. Do you remember that? You know, I used to go to these little meetings. You know, does anybody remember in the newspaper, in the newspaper, right? Uh, when they would say, hey, make an extra five to $600 a week becoming a manager. And then you show up, you see everybody just like you, 20-year-olds, 
And after 45 minutes, you have a presentation that they want you to sell some stuff. So I did that every week. I was going to all these different opportunities. Listen, my middle name should have been Wesley Opportunity Virgin because every week I was in somebody's new opportunity. Can anybody relate? It's because I had a desire to learn. You know, I wanted to learn, you know, what are these people doing to make money? And can I do it? But to make a long story short, the toughest part, and this happens so deeply inside of your unconscious mind, I just didn't know if it was a possibility for me. Because I kept thinking about, well, I stayed in a, a small house with my parents. My parents had regular average cars. They never made more than $20,000 a year. Um, we didn't necessarily buy any nice clothes except clothes that are on discount. My mom, she was the coupon queen. I love my mom, but my mom had a coupon for everything. Can anybody relate? <laughs> we go to the grocery store. My mom had a book of coupons. We go to Walmart, we go to Walgreens, we go to Payless, coupons, coupons, okay? So deep down in my unconsciousness, it's like I'm thinking, like I want to change and I want opportunities and I want these opportunities to work, but I wasn't sure if it was a possibility because I kept thinking about on how I was raised, how I was taught about money. I was taught that money is hard, that you have to work hard for money. I was taught that money don't grow on trees. Can anybody relate? Hello? So you have to really think about that. If you're taught that for so many years and decades of your life, that money is scarce. It's hard to get money. You never see money in your household. Anytime as a child when you would ask for things, your mom or your father would say, I don't have the money. Well, wait till next week. Wait till two weeks until I get paid. Can anybody remember that? So I had this ideology all these concepts in my mind that, you know, money was just scarce. That was just a hard thing. And I didn't realize that that belief pattern affected me as it relates to making money. Right? And it affected me because, you know, I didn't know if it was a possibility that a young black kid Young, black, skinny kid from Houston, Texas, from the ghetto, will become a self-made millionaire. That was my battle. And I want, and I want everybody to be honest with me this morning. Is that your battle? Be honest. Because, listen, I meet a lot of fascinating people. When I say fascinating people, I'm talking about people like you. You know, people on the street. Like yesterday, I went to the gym, and this guy was on a skateboard. He's a black guy. And he pulled me over. He's, he's, he started doing his hand. You know how... They point the hand down because they want me to they roll down the window. I rolled down the window and he said, man, what do you do? You know, because I was driving the GTS. It's a beautiful car. And uh, he said, what do you do, man? I said, I'm a digital marketer. He said, really, man, I'm into this. And, and let me tell you something. I was very proud of that black man. And let me tell you why. Because a lot of black men, they're so afraid to approach other successful black men. Because sometimes black people or black men, very specifically, they're egos and they don't want to ask for help. So anytime, a, especially a black person, a black man reaches out to me, I always have a conversation. With, I don't care what I'm doing, always, because I'm proud of them as a black man 
diminishes his ego and say, hey, I need help. And that young man, he showed me his brochure, showed me what he was doing and said, man, I'm proud of you and, you know, keep working at it. And I gave him my Instagram and said, reach out to me, man. Let me see what I can do to help you. You know, maybe I can't do much, but I can definitely guide him in the right direction. And I was excited about that. That um, you got individuals out there that are actually really working towards something. But however, what I struggled with was the possibilities that it can happen for me. And what I want you to understand, please listen to me closely here. Please stop what you're doing. Just give me five minutes. I want you to understand. I want you to deeply understand this. I want you to suspend your beliefs. And I really want you to open your mind for a second. I want you to know from a man that started with nothing. From a man that did terrible in high school. I didn't make good grades. From the man I never met a millionaire until my late 20s. Almost early 30s. From a man that had the negative bank accounts. You know, the negative balances and the evictions and the repossessions. And I filed bankruptcy from that man. That man had been to jail a few times as well. The man who did not, early in my 20s, did not have the ability to communicate effectively. I want you to know that it's still possible. It's still possible. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter where you are in this moment in life. It doesn't matter if you live in a foreign country. You could live in a third world country right now. You know what I'm saying? There's no resources here, Wes. It's a dictatorship here, Wes. It's tough. I get it, but it's still possible. You may say, Wes, I'm on the br- I'm under the bridge. I'm staying with friends. I'm on the couch. I'm 30 years old. I still stay with my mom and my father. I can't get it right. Listen, it's still possible. Your circumstances does not define your reality. Write that down. That was my hardest lesson. Because see, throughout my 20s, the reason why it took so long for me to transition and make some money because deep down inside of me, I felt that my circumstances was defining my reality. That how I grew up. I was like, because I wanted, like consciously, I said, yeah, I'm going to be a million. I'm going to do this. I'm excited. I'm positive. And we all do that, right? We try to be overly optimistic about life. We try to see the glass half full. But in deep, deep down inside of all of us, if you grew up like myself, there's a poor person inside of you. There's a person that doubts your abilities. There's a person inside you that second guesses everything. Kind of get an amen, please. Be honest. It, it exists. You know it does. Like we don't want to talk about it, but it's there. It's like when you go out and you work your ass off in your company and then you come home to that little bit of apartment, not too much furniture, not too much anything. 
and you're laying in your bed and you're thinking to yourself, man, is it going to happen? Because you're tired. To some extent, you get exhausted. Because you're trying to be this person that you know you should be. But the person that you're familiar with keeps showing up. Does that make sense? Like, you know what you want to become. You know you want to be that first generation of millionaire in your family. You know you want to make massive contributions to the world. You know you want to be significant. You want to be a very loving, caring person. You want to be a person who can help others. You want to be a person that can jump on the flights and go first class where you want to go. You want to be the person that can shop and spend money however you want to spend. Go to Paris for the weekend. Go to Paris for the weekend. Spend $50,000. You want to be able to go to the car dealerships and just get your Bentley, get your Rolls Royce, get your Ferrari, Lamborghini, whatever. Not a big deal. Like you want to be this person. But deep down inside of all of us, we have this very poor person that is uncertain, that's second guessing his or herself, that is doubting the possibilities of what you can become. <laughs> And listen, if you're listening to me, if you're still here, I want you to comment below with all certainty, with all boldness. And I want you to comment below. It's possible. It was many times when I was sleeping on that air mattress that I would get up off that air mattress and I would look myself in that little small mirror in my bedroom here in Houston, Texas. And I would look myself in my lovely brown eyes and I would say, Wesley, it's possible. It's possible that you can live your dreams. It's possible that you can travel the world. It's possible that you can retire your parents. It's possible that you can do the things that your parents never could dream. It's possible you can be an example for millions, if not hundreds of millions of people on how to live their life. It's possible for you to live in the penthouses and it's possible for you to live in the gated communities. It's possible for you to raise your children to be millionaires, to be successful, to be prosperous, to be formidable, resilient individuals. It's possible that you can break the generational curse. I would tell myself this every morning. Okay. Every morning. Come at the word. It's possible. And it's necessary. It's necessary. Now, I want you to take, listen to that word, it's necessary. Like it's one thing to say that it's possible for me. You know, it's possible for me to live my dreams, right? It's possible for me to fulfill my purpose and it's possible for me to manifest what I want, but it's necessary. It's a powerful word. It's necessary. Do you understand what the word is necessary? That I, that it's a must. Like I have to live my dreams. It's no more if or maybe or hopefully or one day. It's a must. When I got to my the end of my 20s, man, I made it a must. It was just necessary. And see, every rich person understands the moment when they had to make 
what they were currently doing a must. Like it was necessary. Listen, when I made it necessary that I must become the first generational millionaire in my family, when I made it necessary that I must have more money than I can spend for the rest of my life, it was easy for me to cut off friends. It was easy for me to cut the umbilical cord out for women. It was easy for me to isolate myself. It was easy for me to indulge and put myself in a position to read and educate myself on a daily basis. It was easy for me to stop listening to music that was not doing anything for my psyche. It was easy for me to listen to new words every day. It was, it was easy for me to listen to personal development every single hour, second of my life. It was easy for me to turn off the TV. It was easy for me to turn off the Snapchat, the TikTok, the Instagram, the social media platform. It was just easy. Why? Because it was necessary now. So you may believe it's possible, but you haven't made it necessary yet, ladies and gentlemen. You haven't. It's not necessary yet for you. Some of you are still dealing with the possibilities that you will become successful. And some of you just haven't made it a must. Honestly, I truly believe that the, the largest debilitator of people's lack of success are the lack of a transformational experience is just one thing. It's just your inability to give up something. Sit. You won't give up the vices, the bad habits, the people, the family. You won't give it up. You justify why those things must still exist. That's why you're not making progress, ladies and gentlemen. Because you are perpetually doing the same exact thing. Sunday, Sunday fun day. Let's go out and have some fun. Let's have some mimosas every weekend. Every weekend. Lesson for things to change. You must change things that you do. Write that down, please. For th listen, uh, open your open your ears. For things to change, you must change the things that you do. Because you know when they say that you must change. No, no. You got to change the things that you do. That's how a person change. When people, well, how do I change? Change what you are doing. What are you doing in the time frame of 24 hours? Think about it. Like today, what are you going to do? You want to know what I'm going to do? And I'm rich. I got millions in the bank. Millions in investments right now. So what is Wesley Virgin going to do? 
even though he has more money that can last him, last him a lifetime, right? I can't get the private jet yet, but don't worry. By the end of the year, I will have the jet. But at this point in my life, I can basically do whatever I want to do. I can go buy a car right now if I want to for a couple of million dollars. If I want to I'll go buy a house if I wanted to right now, a million dollar house. I can buy cash. No problem. OK, now I can do that. I could travel wherever I want to go. If I want to go to Paris tomorrow, I'm out. Done deal. Like if I want to do it. OK. Listen. You know what I'm doing today? Well, I'm going to tell you, you can either write it down or you can disregard it and don't listen. It's up to you. Meditate. I already meditated this morning. Weston, what do you do when you meditate? Like what, what are you doing very specifically? You know, I can't wait to be able to meditate with some of you live. You know, I do the meditation sometime on the, on the podcast here, but I would love to do it with you one-on-one. The people who have meditated with me, and it was usually my team or people that have paid me fifty to $100,000 that I meditate with, 90% of those people see a very, very tangible change in their lives, okay? You know, one day I'm going to bring these people online so you can talk to them. It's very significant. When I meditate, I'm just creating what I want. But what does that mean, creating what you want, Wes? Can you go a little bit deeper, Mr. Virgin? Absolutely. I'm going to go deeper. When I say creating what I want, when I'm meditating, I close my eyes, and I'm just thinking (laughs) about the life that I desire to have. Now, my life is great now, but I still want more, right? Always. always, Let me tell you something. I'm always going to want more. You can call me greedy. You can call me a narcissist, whatever, but I always want more. I'm going to want more until I die, always. I want more love for my kids. I want more money. I want more significance. I'm going to make massive contributions to the world. Always. There's always going to be more for me. So if you don't like more, you don't want to be around Western Virgin. So when I'm creating what I want, I'm thinking about it. And I'm envisioning. I'm thinking about walking on the private jet, the Gulf Stream. Seeing the story to give me my celery juice, escorting me and the lovely woman of my dreams back to the quatas in the back of the plane, laying there, relaxing, watching my favorite television show as we fly 10 hours to Paris to go shop for a few days until we go to Milan. I've envisioned myself going to Africa, getting off the plane and having hundreds of thousands of people waiting for me cheering my name because they're ready for me to speak to them, to educate them, not motivate, but to educate them on how to utilize the faculties of their mind so that they can succeed and progress effortlessly. I envision going to my parents' house, write them a check for six to seven figures. I envision taking my daughter, my oldest daughter by hand and Giving her a hug because now she's a nurse. She's a practitioner. Think about all the times that we worked together to ensure that she was able to fulfill her dreams. I envision my youngest daughter winning nationals as a track star. Cheering her on. Hugging her because I'm so proud of her because she persevered. 
when things got tough. Envisioning my son running my companies, talking that computer techie jargon just like his dad does. Listening to his creativity, listening to his thoughts. Watching him bring millions of dollars in my company because he understands his generation a little bit more than I do. I've seen it. So my question to you is, what are you envisioning? So when I meditate today, when I'm done, I'm going to meditate again after this podcast. Then I'm going to get to work. And you may say, well, Wesley, what are you working on? Listen, 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 listen. I know some of you like the floor. You're like, God, yeah, that's the life that I want. Listen, do you not understand that? Like even the life that I have here today, I like what I'm doing to you right now. I did this when I was on the air mattress. I swear, like I'm paying $700 per month for an apartment. I have no furniture. I have a TV on the wall with that little wire hanging down. You know, everybody know what I'm talking about. You know, you know, when you buy the TV and you buy that little cheap Ikea furniture and you got all those wires hanging in the back looking all tacky and messy. Yeah, that was me. How many of you know what a futon is? What's a futon? Futon is a wannabe couch. It's not a couch. It's a futon. Cheap. I had one of those. But exactly what I'm sharing with you right now, when I was in that position of averageness, I did this. I was talking about what I was going to do, what I was doing. I was meditating on it. I was visualizing it every day for months, for weeks, for years. I was constructing the life that I have here today. When I was in that futon, on that futon, I would meditate three times a day. I was meditating. What was I meditating on? Well, I said, you know what? I can see my beautiful penthouse. From my bedroom, I'm able to see my city. When I go to my kitchen, I can see my city. When I'm in my living room, I can see my city. In every room, I'm going to have huge screen TVs on the wall. I'm going to have a property all over the world. Paris, Miami, L.A., uh, Australia. Whenever I want to fly to whatever location, when I get ready to go to the gym in the morning, I'm going to have several cars to choose from. I don't want one car. I don't want two. I don't want three. I want one for every day of the week. I have eight cars right now. I want to be able to select and have a variety. When I go in my closet, I want to have so many shoes that you would think that my closet is a shoe store. And I just don't want one closet. I want three different closets with three different types of shoes in it. Got it. If you ever get the opportunity to come to my home, to come to my penthouse here, my clothes, my shoes, it looks like a mall. I have shoes I've never worn before. Shoes I don't even know exist. Clothes I've never wore. I said, and then listen, I used to do it. I used to write this down. I said, you know what? When I go out, I want a brand new pair of clothes, always. I want a brand new, I don't want to wear the same clothes every day. Whenever I go out, if I'm going to a restaurant, okay, if I'm going to a club, if I'm going to the bar, if I'm traveling around the world, new clothes are necessary for me. You might say, why do you need that? Because I'm a king. And I define what a king is, and king, he likes new everything. I said, I'm going to change my boxers out, my drawers, my underwear. Every two to three months, I'm going to throw the old ones away and buy new ones, okay? 
Like I wrote this down, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not bragging to you. This is exactly what I was thinking about when I was meditating for hours every day. I was constructing and putting together the vision of what I'm living here today. Okay? Does that make sense? All I want you to know is possible for you to. I'm not sharing this with you because I want to break. I'm just letting you know the reality of it. See, the thing is, before you can understand, before you can get so scintillated by my glory, you got to understand my story because some of you are still in the story. You're still putting the story together. Some of you are still struggling financially. Some of you are still staying in that little bitty apartment, still driving that raggedy car, still have that job that you can't stand. Still with that person, that significant other that you're ready to get out of. It's toxic there. I get it. Some of you are still in your story. But what I want you to understand and realize is that the story that you're in, the story, the story that you're in right now, there's some glory in it. Okay? You have to begin to tell a new story when you're in the story of destruction, failure, pain, disappointment, embarrassment. You have to continually, consistently tell yourself the new story. When I couldn't pay the car note sometimes, I would tell myself that I can pay it. And one day I'm going to buy G-Wagon cash. So just because I can't pay it today doesn't mean I can't afford that G-Wagon. Some days I couldn't even, some months, you know, I was late on the rent. I would get the letters. You know those letters. Hey, uh, Mr. Virgin, you're a little bit late here. Okay. All right. Cool. It's okay. I'm going to pay it. But one day I'm going to pay 15000 a month. This is nothing. My rent is $1,000. So one day I'm going to pay $15,000. So $1,000 is not a big deal. I was telling myself a new story. Now, some of you might say, well, that's delusional. You might say, well, Wesley, that's untrue. You can't tell yourself something that's not true. We over here broke, Wes. You rich. We over here trying to figure it out. You have figured it out. But listen, watch this. See, and this is the disparity between the rich and the poor. And sometimes the poor and the average never get it, but some of you do. So you may think it's delusional to tell yourself these lies, that you're successful, that you're going to pay it. You can't pay it now, but one day you will pay it. You know, yeah, my credit score is not so good, but, you know, I'm going to have a credit score of 800. It's not a big deal. Listen, what I want you to understand is, What you believe delusion to be are your beliefs about being delusional is actually creation. It's creation. See, it's only delusional to poor, average, regulatory people. They believe that that's a delusional experience to tell yourself something that's not true. 
right? You got to tell yourself that you're rich, even though you know you're broke. To tell yourself that you have a million dollars in your bank account, you have a hundred dollars in your bank account. See, poor average and regulatory people, they not only state that's delusional, they would tease you. Man, you're delusional, bro. You need to wake the fuck up. You need to wake up, man. You broke. You hurt. Go get a job. Listen, you know how many people in my family and friends told me to go back to work? You know how many individuals said, Wesley, you have a family. I get it. You're chasing your dreams. But why would you leave a job that's paying you $200,000 a year? Like, why would you do that? You are purposely causing you and your family to suffer financially. Now, some of you couldn't even handle that. You're like, damn, he right. I mean, I'm like 29, 30 years old, right? I'm like, God. So there's a part of me that's like, man, I guess they're right. Damn, I mean, because we are suffering financially right now. And, oh, man. Then I start to doubt a little bit. I started thinking, like, God, are they right? I said, should I just go back to work? But let me tell you something. Let me share something with you. <laughs> I said, if I die, when I use the word die, I mean, if I die before I get rich, I'm going to die on the side of that motherfucking mountain. Hear me? That's what I told myself. When everybody was telling me to go back and live that normal life that I was living before. I said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die on the side of the mountain. I'm not going to die at the bottom. I'm going to be on the side climbing that motherfucker. Climbing. Tired. Can't breathe properly. Scraped up. If I don't get rich... I'm going to die in the process of getting rich. Which means is, I'm already halfway. And you're telling me to climb back down where it's safe. You want me to climb back down where I can get some water, I can get some food, I can talk to some people, but I don't want it. If I'm going to die, I'm dying on the side of the mountain. I made a decision at the age of 30. I said, you know what, fuck it. If I'm going to die, like if I'm not going to make this money, if it never works out for me, fine. I'll die right here. I'll die in the perseverance of getting it. And let me tell you something. I kept climbing. And listen, I kept climbing to the point I couldn't hear them anymore. You know the voices? And the voices of uncertainty. Because remember, you know, everybody's telling you what to do and what you should do. They at the bottom. I mean, obviously. They're looking up. Hey, be careful. You're too high. Come down, Wes. You just hurt yourself. You can't breathe. You're not going to make it. But the more you continue to climb to the top of the mountain, you can't hear the voices any longer. When you get to the clouds, you can't hear the voices of uncertainty. You can't hear the voices of doubt. Because they exist. 
And the great thing about climbing that mountain of success and becoming wealthy, you start to see other people on that journey. You start to see Rob and you start to see Tiffany, Taryn and Jessica and Ann. You, you start seeing Rob and Chris and you see all the people who are just like you who are still climbing to the peak. And then you start talking to each other. You start motivating each other. Say, hey, you got this, man. Where you been, man? I've been through it all. But I'm going to the top. Me too, man. I just had a divorce, but I'm going to the top. I just lost everything, but I'm going to the top. I have a lot of kids. I'm a single mother, but I'm going to the top. And you realize as you continue to climb, you start to feel this new sense of possibilities. Okay? Can I get an amen, please? I promise you this is not church. But I'm here to educate you. I'm not here to inspire you. I know you feel inspired sometime right now, you know, when I speak and you feel motivated, you feel encouraged, you feel that fucking power around your body. I get it. And you feel formidable. You feel confident. You feel strong. Well, use it in this moment, which means it's after I go off live, go to work. Shut off the social media. Turn off the TV. Put the blinders on. Go dark for a couple of months. Pull out the laptop, buy the website, buy the business, get the LLC, work. Learn how to be an affiliate marketer. Be serious about it. Read and watch every video about it. Learn how to create products online. Learn what artificial intelligence is. Learn on how you can implement it in your current company. Study sales. Study being a setter. Learn how to ask questions properly to be able to compel emotions out of people's bodies to make them buy. Be an expert communicator. Learn how to speak. Learn how to posture yourself. Have a sense of emotional intelligence. Learn how to be a stoic. Be calm in every chaotic situation in life. Read. Educate yourself. Surround yourself with those people who are winning even though they make you feel uncomfortable. Get around them. Release the foolishness. Pookie, Ray Ray, the broke guy, the broke uncle, the broke aunt, the dad. The f release these people. Can I get an amen, please? Okay. <clears throat> Am I making sense? How many of you are going to move forward? Right now, don't wait till tomorrow. I hate when I hear young people or people like yourself, you know what, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. You know, if Wesley, that was a great message. Man, that was good. I loved it, Wesley. That was good. Woo, you was on fire. Because I get DMs all the time after I finish these things. Oh, that was on fire. Okay, great. I was on fire, but I want you to get on fire now. Now. Like right now. Not an hour later. Right now. Do something to the achievement of your dreams and goals. Even if you take out a sheet of paper and write down, what do I want? And write for hours. 
Be very detailed. Write it down. What do I want? How do I want to live? What do I want to do? What is my purpose? And you sit there in silence until you figure it out. And if you don't today, do it tomorrow. If you can't do it tomorrow, do it the next day and continue to do it until you discover those solutions. Why? Because the solutions are there. I know. <sighs> because I'm wealthy. That's how I know. Everything that I wanted to do, every dream, every desire that I had has fulfilled itself. All the vision boards that I've created, all the goals that I wrote down in the journal. I remember these nights. You know, I'm going to tell you all this quick story. <laughs> You've heard it before, but I know some of you are new. Welcome, my new people. Listen, I used to go to the gym. Well, I still go to the gym, but I was going to the gym every day. I was going to 24-hour fitness. I was going to the broke gym. <laughs> I call it the broke gym. It is what it is. It's cheap. It's nasty. It's dirty, but whatever. And I was driving my 1988 Honda Accord. I was about 30 years old. And um, I would drive to the gym, work out. And then I would go to this gated community here in Houston, Texas called Royal Oaks. Does anybody know what Royal Oaks is? Off of Westheimer, past the, um, the Beltway. And I would lie to the person at the gate, the security guard, you know, because you might think, well, how did you get in, Wes? Well, luckily I worked out, and I looked like I worked out. So I said, hey, my name is Wes Forge. I'm here to train some of the clients here. That's what I said. <laughs> just like that. And I spoke with confidence. It's the key. You just got to speak with certainty. I'll teach you guys how to do that one day. <sighs> they will let me in. Oh, no promises. You know, even though my car was junky, it was terrible. It was insane, honestly. And I would drive back to the estate part of the neighborhood. And it was a park. It was a park there. You know what I used to do? I said, you know, I said, one day me and my children, we're going to come to this park. We're going to play basketball at this park. We're going to, you know, enjoy ourselves at this park because we're going to be a part of the community. And every day, I did this for like two years probably, I would sit in the gated community and I would sit down at the bench at the park. No one ever questioned me. I know some of you are afraid. Like, what if they question you? What, well, if they do, I say, hey, my name is Wesley Virgin here. I'm here to train. I'm just taking five minutes to write my goals. Then I'm going to the clubhouse to train. It was a lie, of course. So what? But if you're going to lie, lie well. <laughs> right? It's lie very good. Right? And um, so I would go to the park and I would just write exactly what I wanted my life to be. And you know, the funny part about this is I knew this already. You know, I've learned about this in my 20s. You know, write your goals, write your goals. You know, we hear that all the time. Write your goals down, write your goals down, write your goals down. But no one ever does it. And if they do it, they don't consistently write it down. But at the age of 30, I say, you know what? Let me just do it. Because nothing was working. Remember, at the age of 21, I wanted to be rich. So for nine years, not happening. So I decided to take massive action on those things that I felt were insignificant. I just thought it was insignificant for me to write down my goals because I couldn't correlate writing goals down to actually doing stuff and actually creating the business and learning the skill. So <clears throat> I would do it every day.
I was writing down the goals and the dreams as if I was actually living the life. That's what's important, by the way. Please write that down. If you write down the goals and dreams, you have to write them down as if you're actually in the moment, like the present moment. You have to use words such as I am now living this, not I want to. You can't use the word want. Okay. You have to say I am living this. And I did it every day, every day, every day, like clockwork. Every day, and I would walk around the neighborhood. And I'll tell you guys something else. I used to bring my children. My children remember this. We used to go to that park. Now listen, I am not rich in no form, shape, or fashion at all. And we would go to that park all the time when my children was with me for the summertime. And we would go play basketball. (sighs) Because let me tell you why I was doing that. Because I had to get familiar with the lifestyle. See, it's one thing of wanting a lifestyle, and it's another thing of getting familiar with the lifestyle. You know, you want to be rich and wealthy, but you don't. You just have glimpses of what that is. It's what you see from other people, right? Maybe you go to a rich person's house, and you see the movie theater, and you see the pool. You're like, oh, my God, I want a pool. I want a movie theater. Now. I, want a, I want double kitchens. I want a double oven, whatever, right? But you have to get familiar with it for yourself. And it has to be re- re- got to repeat the process. So I would go in and I'd take my children so they can just see that this is normal for them, even though it was abnormal for me. But my children were small. So for them, you know, when they saw this opulence, they saw it was just normal for them. And they liked it. And we would play basketball like every day. <laughs> we would just play basketball. We'd just come. I would take them every day to the gated community. And they loved it. Oh, dad, this is beautiful. I said, yeah, dad is getting ready to build a home here. <laughs> was I building a home? No, but in my mind I was, and I would tell him. He said, we've been working on this, the property here. I said, the agent, Dave, where well, you want your room to be? Oh, I want my room to be over here. Dave said, I want my room to be. I, swear, I did this for a very long time, folks. And I was by myself, just me and my children. I did it with my children because my children would never criticize me because they didn't know any better. But if I would told anybody else I was doing this, they would thought I was crazy, Right. But me and my children, we had a good time. That's why I'm so close to my children now, because they really understood the process of me becoming the man that I am today. That's why they look up to me and they want attributes and they want certain things that I have characteristics because they see it. They see it with their own eyes. They seen daddy go from where he was to where he is today. Okay. And um, so I would do this every day. We'll play basketball. Sometimes we'll play soccer. They had a soccer uh, feel or play a little soccer. I don't play soccer. I don't even run, but I was playing soccer that day. We'll throw the football around. I mean, listen, we would very specifically go to this neighborhood just to experience it. We would talk to the neighbors and say hello. How are you doing? Everybody was nice in their golf carts. Hey, how you doing, Bill? Hey, John, what's going on? Hey, Eric, what's going on, man? Looking good. I mean, I did this for a very long time. People did not know that I didn't live there. They thought I did because <laughs> I was there all the time. Okay, And the reason why I share that story with you is um, because you got to get familiar with the opulence, the royalty, the richness, the wealth that you want to have. Right. When you make when you realize success is a very it's a it's a possibility for you and you make it necessary. So when you make it necessary, that means that you have to begin to. Um. The activities that you do, uh, the things that you do have to be very intentional. 
you know, rich and wealthy people. We're very intentional people. We don't just do stuff just to do stuff. That's what poor and average people do. They just do stuff to do stuff. I do things with intention. Everything I do is with intention. Okay, Everything. Right? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do none of this stuff. It's just worthless, right? And I'm not saying that you have to be that way, but that's just me. So listen, any questions for me? Did you get any value here on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, still morning here? Comment the word value if you got value. Comment the word value if you're going to actually apply some of this or many of these concepts today. Okay. I want you to come with the word value here. Smash the like button and tag one person if you would like to do that. Listen, I believe in all of you. I really do. I believe in every one of you. And I'm so excited and proud of you because you're here. You know, many people are not on the rant listening to a self-made millionaire here on a Sunday morning. But you are. However, my belief in you is not enough. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in the possibilities for yourself. And you got to realize that even though those possibilities may not be a part of your belief structure, like you may not believe it. You may not believe that it's going to happen for you. But you got to realize that it is a possibility. How do you know? Well, just think about Wesley Virgin. Say, you know, Wesley Virgin, he's not so bright. He's not so fascinating. He's not so amazing. I mean, he grew up on the south side of Houston, Texas. He grew up pretty poor and average. He didn't make good grades in school, so why can I do it? I don't see anything that was very distinction or very unique about him. My parents, they were just average people, regular, just working class folks. Okay? Like I told you, I didn't meet any rich people till later in life. Okay? So I want you to realize that like, if I can do this, why can't you? You can. You can do it. I make mistakes. You can do it. It's a possibility for you. Come at the word, it's possible. And then come at the words, it's necessary. It took me a very long time to make it a necessary thing in my life for me to do to become the man that I am here today. And I want you to know you can do the same. I don't know when you're going to do it. Some of you are going to wait five years, ten years. Some of you are going to wait one year. I have no clue on when you're going to make a decision to say, you know what, enough is enough. This is possible for me and it's necessary and get to work. I don't know when you're going to make that decision now. It's up to you. But let me tell you something. Once you make that decision, you'll never turn back. Like once you make that decision to actively, intentionally strive towards something greater, you'll never be the same. I love you. I love you. This is Wesley Billion Dollar Virgin. Much love. And let's go.